And that is, even though you don't have the power to make everyone or anyone around you happy, you absolutely have the power to make God happy with you. Welcome to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur, business owner, and spiritual life coach. Bobby and his brother Glenn own Alliance Sports Group, a collection of hardware and sport product lines sold in over 40,000 retail stores across America. Bobby is not asking for financial support. However, he does need your feedback. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at OnTheBrightSide.org or join the discussion on Facebook. You can also call 847-312-8197. 847-312-8197. This show is brought to you by Nebo Tools. Nebo Tools, N-E-B-O, is the maker of intensely bright lights and flashlights, relied on by emergency professionals across America. Learn more about Nebo Tools at OnTheBrightSide.org. Now, it's time to buckle your seatbelt and get ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby. Are you happy today? That's what my wife asks me each and every morning when I get up. She says, are you happy this morning? And I have to admit, I don't want to answer the question first thing in the morning. Is anybody like me? (laughs) But you may not feel like it, but, but I want to talk for just a minute about making someone very special happy this morning. How many of you feel that no matter how hard you try, you just can't make everyone happy? Do you feel like there's always some people, many times our loved ones and our friends, that that, that they make you feel like you're just not meeting their expectations? Well, guess what? That's normal. But I have some great news for you today. And that is, even though you don't have the power... To make everyone or anyone around you happy. You absolutely have the power to make God happy with you. And what could possibly be better than that? You see, you were created for God's pleasure and purpose. And the Word shows us how to please Him. And there's at least one great example of a man who made God happy. And a guy named Noah. In fact, it's not for God being happy with Noah... We wouldn't even be here today. So what can we learn from Noah? The first thing that Noah did to make God happy was that he loved him more than anything. The word says that Noah was a pleasure to the Lord and the only righteous man on earth. And also said he walked with God. So God liked spending time with Noah. And it says they had a relationship. They communicated. Well, this made God happy. Putting God first should be the greatest objective of our life. Jesus called it the great commandment. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. The next thing that Noah did to make God happy is he trusted God completely. He especially trusted God when nothing made any sense. I mean, Lord, you want me to build a boat in the front yard. Hundreds of miles from an ocean. I don't even know what rain is. I've never seen it. And just how am I supposed to catch all these animals? And can we talk about who's going to clean the bottom of that boat? (laughs) Well, Noah didn't ask any of these questions. 
He didn't question God. Instead, he did the next thing to make God happy. He obeyed him. And Noah understood that obedience can't be done halfway. The word says that Noah did everything exactly as God commanded him. Obedience is really big in God's book, literally. If you're going to make God happy, obedience is important. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And finally, we make God happy when we praise him all the time. He appreciates our heartfelt gratitude. And when we show it, it makes him happy. The first thing that Noah did after surviving the flood was to express his thanks to God by offering a burnt sacrifice. And we don't have to do those kind of sacrifices today. But because of Jesus, we can offer a sacrifice of our praise. So you see, while you will never make everybody happy around you, you can make God happy by putting him first, by trusting him, by obeying him, and by praising him. And you know what's funny? When we can make God happy with us, we stop trying so hard to make everybody else happy. But we end up doing a better job of it anyway. There's just no better place to be as a Christian than to know that God is happy with you. And you know, there's one more thing we can do that makes God happy. And that's when we use what he's given us to make the most out of our lives. He wants us to live, to work, to prosper, to pursue our purpose with all the enthusiasm that's in us. That makes God happy. And if we'll do that, the lyrics of that old song will start to make some sense to you. The song ends like this. It says, make someone happy. Make just one someone happy. And then you will be happy too. Are you living in excellence? Discover how living in excellence is not striving for perfection, but it's about honoring God with your life coming right up. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. Over 900,000 moms per year choose to abort their baby, and 85% of them are single moms. It's hard to choose life when you're feeling alone, but Embrace Grace has a goal to change that. Embrace Grace equips and empowers churches to start support groups around the nation and the world to walk alongside moms with unintended pregnancies. With over 400 support groups in churches around the nation, lives are being saved. Partner financially with Embrace Grace today. For just $25 per month, your gift can help train leaders of a church to find moms that need help. For $100 per month, your gift can help reach and inspire more churches to start a group. And for $250 per month, your gift can launch a group at a church. Together, we can help her be brave and ensure that no single mom walks alone. Go to EmbraceGrace.com for more information on how you can partner with Embrace Grace to save them both. EmbraceGrace.com And now back to On the Bright Side as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith. You know, people are always sending me funny stuff. Um, I guess they're hoping I'll use some of that material up here, um, but uh, I get a lot of things about kids. And funny things that kids like to say, so I collected some of them. And so uh, hopefully this will satisfy a lot of people that send me things. Uh, so here's a few of them. These are letters to God from kids. 
Okay, here we go. This one, the first one is from Beverly, age eight. Dear God, I bet it is very hard for you to love everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in my family and I can never do it. <laughs> Dear God, we read that Thomas Edison made light, but in church they said you did it. So I bet he stole your idea. <laughs> Sincerely, Donnie. Dear God, I think the stapler is one of your greatest inventions. Love, Ruth. <laughs> Dear God, please send me a pony. I never asked for anything before. You can look it up. Bruce. Okay, here's your last one. Dear God, instead of letting people die and having to make new ones, why don't you just keep the ones you have now? Sincerely, Janie. Well, kids are great. You know, I love to ask you questions. So here's your question. Are you living in excellence today? You know, I believe that every now and then, we need to be reminded that as Christians, we should strive to live in excellence all the time. And I'm bringing this up today because, as usual, whatever I speak to you about on Sunday is probably what God's been dealing with me about all week long. And I believe that even though it's our human nature to take so many good things for granted, we just can't afford to take our salvation and our relationship with Christ for granted. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to us. And we need to demonstrate that in every area of our life. And we need to be enthusiastic about it. You know, enthusiasm comes from the Greek word entheos, which means inspired by God. So we should be inspired by God toward excellence. How many remember Tom Sawyer? That was Mark Twain, the great writer's favorite character. And there was this story about Tom Sawyer when he was just a boy. And he was told to go outside and paint the fence. Well, he didn't feel like painting the fence. But he decided that he would make the best of the situation. So he started painting the fence with all this enthusiasm and acting like he was enjoying it. And pretty soon his friends started coming around and he started telling them how much fun he was having painting the fence. So the friend said, let me try. He said, no, this is my fence. Well, finally, he was so convincing about how much fun he was having, it wasn't long before Tom was sitting back watching all of his friends paint his fence. And you see, our quest for excellence starts with an attitude that sees opportunity in any situation. If we approach our job as something that we have to do, and we try to do only what's expected of us, then we're living in mediocrity, not excellence. Excellence is getting to work early, finding ways to do the job better, and going the extra mile with your duties. And some of you will say, well, they don't pay me enough to do that. Well, guess what? They never will with an attitude like that. We need to be like Daniel. The word says that he was distinguished above presidents because he, an excellent spirit was in him. You see, God expects 
excellence from us. The word says this. It says to work at it heartily from the soul as something done for the Lord and not for men. Knowing with all certainty that it is from the Lord and not from men that we will receive our inheritance. So the way we talk, the way we take care of things, the way we are when none of our Christian friends are around, in all these things we should strive for excellence. And the reason we should is because we serve a great and excellent God who is exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever ask or think of. And as Christians, we're called to show his character in everything we do. And listen, God's not expecting you to be perfect. Living in excellence is not striving for perfection. But it's about honoring God with your whole life. A lot of us like to pick and choose which areas we want to live in excellence and which we want to be mediocre. But a true desire for excellence is a desire to please God. And that means pleasing Him in everything that we do. You see, when we live our lives committed to excellence, being consistent, having integrity, being generous, we're making a statement to the world that we're living for something greater. Something bigger, something better than anything the world could offer. And by God's grace, we can show them by living in excellence that Christ is our motivation for everything. So we need to live a life of excellence for the Lord. And, and I hope that you brought that excellent spirit with you today to church. Because I believe what Pastor Des always says. Something good is going to happen in Jesus' name. And today, I promise you, it will be excellent. Do you look up to people who always have a great attitude? Stay right there to learn how to always look on the bright side regarding challenging issues in life. We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the bright side. We'll return after these messages from our sponsor. I depend on my tools and accessories to work hard as I do. Like my new case bright from Nebo Tools, the flashlight that is always with you. It's a protective case for your iPhone featuring a high-powered flashlight up to 12 times brighter than a standard smartphone light. The case bright is independently powered by an internal rechargeable lithium-ion battery that doesn't drain your phone's battery. It fits iPhone 6, 6S, 6 Plus, and 6 Plus S. The Nebo case bright may not change the world, but it might change your world. The case bright is perfect for me because, like me, it can handle more than one job at a time. We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the bright side. But first, I want to talk about our attitude. Don't you just admire people who always have a great attitude? I mean, you know, you know people, we all know people who just seem to always look at things on the bright side. I mean, I like this. I like this attitude right here. Two giraffes are standing on the deck of Noah's Ark. They're looking out over nothing but water. Finally, one giraffe speaks. Wasn't this couple's cruise a great idea? (laughs) 
I love that attitude. And that's what I want to talk about, uh, our attitude, but I want to talk about our attitudes with money. Because it's easy to get off track when it comes to money. And when that happens, we sometimes create a money monster that overpowers our life. So what are some of the signs that a money monster is sticking his head up in your life? Well, I'll give you a few. If you're taking unnecessary risk with your money by chasing every get-rich scheme or just gambling period, it's a sign that things could be out of whack. And if you deny yourself basic needs and small luxuries because you're afraid you'll run out of money, well, it's a sign that you may have an unhealthy issue. And if you indulge your every whim with money or credit cards because you've already figured out that you'll never get ahead anyway, it's a sign that you have a wrong perspective on what money is all about. And if you're fantasizing about a new house or a new car, or you're always talking about someone else's new house or new car, then I'm afraid the money monster has already entered the room. And... This is important. If you're making excuses for not paying your tithes, then it's a clear sign that the money monster is taking control of your life. You see, there's just all kinds of unhealthy and destructive ways that this money monster can enter our life. Sometimes we need to be pinched. Someone's got to say, what in the world are you thinking? Today, that somebody's going to be me, even though I have to tell you. I've had plenty of dealings with the money monster myself. So what I'm going to tell you today is certainly a reminder to me to keep the money monster out of my own life. You see, as a young man, I didn't have the right perspective on money because I thought it was a completely admirable trait to be pursuing money and success with everything that was in me. And I actually believed that it made up for not fulfilling my responsibilities as things such as a husband or as a, as a father. And as I learned painfully, that there's a difference between pursuing a goal and being obsessed with it. You see, obsession is an act of selfishness. Because everything has to become second to it. So I believe the answer is to attack the money monster and to do it this way. We start by proclaiming this very well-known but powerful word. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Say that with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Today's version of that could be, the Lord is my banker. I have everything I need. And you say, I can't help it. It seems so natural to want things. Well, it is natural until you put all your trust in the Lord. And then you'll find that you want less of anything but what he has for you. The word says that when we want things, that money can buy too much, that it, be, it, it can become our master. It says no one can serve two masters. You can't serve both God and money. So to serve God, you absolutely have to put money in the right place. We have to be honest with ourselves and we have to acknowledge that God is more important than our money, more important than the money in the bank more important than our pursuit of it, and more important than our lack of it. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, I've learned how to be happy whether I have much or little. I've learned the secret 
of living in every situation. And I think we, we all have to admit that we let money problems affect our attitudes and our moods. But when we do that, we're letting money be our master. And when we do that, we're letting the monster, the money monster, take control. Paul was trying to teach us something. He was trying to say that money issues are a fact of life. And it's a test that we all have to pass. You know, when we have the right perspective on money, we want to be obedient with our tithing. Because we know it belongs to God whether we think we have enough left over for us or not. And we want to give it to Him. And when we do, we immediately enjoy the benefit of some very powerful promises. One of them is, by being obedient, you're blessed. You're favored by God. And the Word says He will rebuke the devourer on our behalf. That means He'll squash the money, the money monster for you. Another promise is one I tell you all the time. According to Malachi, our obedience opens the floodgates of heaven to blessings so great we can't even handle it. Did you know that if you took the first four books of the New Testament, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that one out of every ten verses deals with money? And did you know that there are 500 verses in the Bible on prayer? There's less than 500 verses in the Bible on faith. But there's over 2,000 verses on money and possessions in the Bible. You see, God knows this is important. And you see, our attitude about money is critical if we're going to live an overcoming Christian life. So, I need to ask you today, is there a money monster working his way into your life? And if he's getting the best of you, he's just got to go. You may have heard of John Wesley, the famous English evangelist in the, in the 1700s. He was so determined to make the point that everything he had belonged to God that he said this. He said, when I die, if I leave behind me just $10, you and all mankind may bear witness against me that I have died a thief and a robber. When we put God first and we just simply Trust him. The money monster dies. And that's when we'll find ourselves in a place where amazing things will happen. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen to this this morning? Thank you for listening to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur and business owner. Bobby is not asking for financial support. However, he does need your feedback. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at onthebrightside.org or join the discussion on Facebook. You can also call 847-312-8197. 847-312-8197. This show is brought to you by Nebo Tools. Nebo Tools, N-E-B-O, is the maker of intensely bright lights and flashlights relied on by emergency professionals across America. Trusted by many at work, home, or play, let Nebo light your way. Learn more about Nebo Tools at onthebrightside.org or call 847-312-8197.